So today, um, I want to, um, I suppose, take on a little bit further a concept that I discussed a couple of weeks ago. About two weeks ago, we talked about um, how to find God and how... um, Sometimes we find God, well, when you look, at in, look in history through the Bible uh, and people's own life experiences, there's um, a consistency that shows that God turns up in the most unexpected places and in the most unexpected ways. Uh, and basically the talk was more about challenging that concept of, um, well, actually, they're only unexpected because we put limitations on where God might show up and do things. So we have habits of where we go to find God, uh, whether it's in church on a Sunday or a big event somewhere or a podcast somewhere or a, a worship album somewhere. We go there in order to get the feelings of finding God. But actually, when we look at how he works, he is not limited to those kind of environments. He will work in those environments because they're dedicated to him and people are going with an open mind to experience him. But actually, God's track record is way more diverse than that because he is working in situations that, that um, are sometimes completely off the, off the radar. Uh, but actually, um, they're not actually unexpected. We've just labelled them as that. And his, his track record shows that actually he works through um, sending Jesus to be born to an immigrant family and all of these kind of things. These, these completely uh, obscure, um, to me now, what are complete God-like ways. He doesn't use the normal methods or the normal systems. He, he's way bigger than that and way beyond that. And I, I love that about him. And when we talked about that, it, it kind of got me thinking a, a little bit more about, I suppose that's, that's where we can go as people to try and find God. But actually, there's something much more personal, um, a message that's similar to that, um, that I wanted to talk to us about today. And I wanted to take that concept a little bit further and talk a little bit about, about how we personally connect with God. And especially through things like prayer. So I wanted today to talk about, about prayer. And not prayer exclusively, but this whole idea of how we personally try and invest our time uh, and our energy into connecting with God. And for me, prayer is one of those staples of connection with God. It's one of the basic things. You think, if I'm going to grow a relationship with God, I will try and talk to him and communicate with him and and involve him in my life and take the things that are going on in my life and talk to him about it but the reality is I don't know unless you're amazing at prayer and brilliant at it I am not um one of the things that happens for me is prayer becomes a pretty one directional event the 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 general habit for me with prayer um no matter how much I try and think okay I'm going to leave space for him to talk to me I mean, what does that even look like? Um, um, It's not that booming voice. um, But sometimes I fill the space because even though it's only me and God, it sometimes feels a bit awkward because at some points no one's saying anything God. Um, So it will be stuff like uh, the, the general habit can be I'll sit there and I'll present my thoughts and ideas about things, whatever's going on in my life or whatever I'm concerned about. I'll present those thoughts and ideas to God And then my hope is that he hears that and then ultimately that he acts on what I've decided he needs to do (laughs) is the general method. Um, And that that process and that act means that I've included God 
because I've spoken to him about it. I've talked to him about what's going on in my world and I've asked him to, I've, I've hoped that he's heard me and I've asked him to, to do something. Now, uh, I've kind of, in, in the way I work with God, I, I've developed a fairly laid back approach with that. So I don't expect him to act on exactly what I've asked him to do. I now just, just give him my kind of concerns and my worries and ask him just to be with me in it and guide me in how I respond to it. So there is ways of being open to it. But you understand what I'm talking about. It's a one directional thing a lot of the time. We present things to him and hope that something will change as a result. And I think when we get into, the, when, we, when we settle on that being the method and the way that things work, we can become reliant on those times in order to feel like we've connected with God. That if we've prayed, then we feel good about our relationship with God. But the problem is we can then feel guilty if we've been distracted and we haven't done enough. I don't know if you've ever had those times where you've gone, oh, I haven't prayed for X number of days and I'm really feeling it and and God must be um, really disappointed because I'm not being as disciplined. I'm not developing this relationship in the way that, that I should. And we can find ourselves slightly stuck in a cycle of flitting between doing well and then uh, feeling like we're not doing enough. And we, we kind of go between two phases of thinking, oh, I'm really thriving at the moment. And then other times going, oh, I just feel a little bit empty or a little bit lost. Um, and the reality is life sometimes takes over, doesn't it? There is, there is kind of circumstances or worries or concerns or things that overwhelm you, things that distract you that get in the way sometimes of your ability to have capacity to even think, I need to stop and just go and carve some time out and sit and talk to God about it. If we're in that pattern of thinking, this is the way it works, I carve out the time, I invest that time in a relationship with God, and then I feel like I've done what I need to do and I feel better. The problem is when we can't do that, we can sometimes end up beating ourselves up about it and feeling like, oh, I feel a bit of distance because um, I haven't prioritised my time with God. And ultimately, I think for me, growing up in kind of a very evangelical church environment where being disciplined in your faith and giving God your best and prioritising God in all things was quite a heavy message, I would end up feeling this general sense of God's probably just a bit disappointed in me that I'm not doing better, that I'm not more committed or that I'm not prioritising him more and not um, not carving out that time more in order to spend with him. And the the interesting thing is, when I look at how that concept works of sitting down and deciding to pray and talk to God about things, it almost feels like we can use those times like a tap. Okay, so it's like there's this water source that you can access. And when we need to connect with God, we can just go to him and turn the tap on and out comes that opportunity to connect with God. The water uh, is, our, is the thing that we're trying to connect with. And by doing that, by going to the tap and turning it on, we can be refreshed. And we can see how that works, don't we? There's probably times in your life where you go, there's times where I've really needed to go to the tap. I've done it, turned it on, and I've felt the benefit. It seems fairly straightforward that that's the way it can work. And, and the reality is, the, the positive thing about spiritual disciplines of 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 building a routine that says, I'm going to talk to God every day. If you're going to go to the tap every day, um, either once or even multiple times every day, you will feel refreshed by that. You'll develop a healthy practice 
of being well hydrated spiritually. We can see how that would work. I mean, the idea practically with drinking physical water is, is the same, isn't it? We, we're told that we should drink X amount per day um, and there's all these water bottles with all these markers of what you try and need to hit. I don't do any of that because I generally just feel like I've failed, um, generally in the day. But spiritually, we, we can see that there would be a benefit from having that kind of practice. Um, and it's interesting um, because when we face a crisis... What will often happen for a lot of people, even if people have literally um, um, no faith at all, they will go to the tap. Because sometimes they'll look at it and go, I've exhausted all other options. I have no kind of control over this situation. I need something to change and I'll clutch at anything. So people will go to the tap and they'll turn it on full and hope that in some ways that will have some kind of influence on a situation. You can see how people will relate to God in this way, that they'll turn it on and turn it off when they need it. Um, and sometimes that can be a real beneficial practice, but other times it just becomes a bit of a, a kind of binge or bust kind of um, way of working. Um, but the issue for me is that we can get to a point where we think God is the tap, that God's actually the tap, instead of realising that he's the water. And that's the problem, the way we access God. If we think that God's the tap, that, that um, just by going to it, that, that's, that, that, that he is um, only in that time when we go to the tap, then we're missing something. Um, so I'm just catching up where I'm just making sure I'm not missing out bits I want to talk about. But the truth is that God isn't limited to a tap. God's also the spring. He's the stream. He's the river. He's the ocean. He's not limited to this one mechanism for us to be able to connect with him in. Um, and it's interesting, isn't it? When someone is ill and in hospital and needs rehydrating, they don't place their bed next to the nearest tap and say, just keep drink, just keep filling up your cup and, and having a drink because that will be really beneficial for you. They, they, they go further than that. They put them on an intravenous drip and they continuously rehydrate them in order to bring them back to um, health and the fluid levels that they need. And, and that concept really got me thinking because I would say growing up, I really thought about God. Uh, my, my connection with God was very much kind of tap orientated that everything was built into these official ways of um, I will use time, I will have to have time to, in order to connect with him and prioritise that time and then as a result I will get God back in that moment and that positive investment builds me up as a human being and if I don't do that then I suffer from, being, um, from, from that lack of connection. But for me... This concept got me thinking, sometimes even our positive habits can be a limiter for our connection with God. So it might be that we get really, really kind of boxy in the way that we think about stuff and say, well, I'm going to connect with God. So I've prayed today. I've read my Bible today. I've ticked the box. I've done everything that I should do. So I've done the faith box. That's fine. Everything, everything works. This is the way. Um, this is the way I need to behave. And because I've done that, I've now connected with God. So that's all. I've given Him the opportunity because I've done my investment bit. I've ticked every box. Uh, now I can move on with my life. 
I think if we have that concept, and I think it's easy to fall into that habit of, of behaving like that, I think we end up missing quite a big part of the point on what a relationship with God is actually like. And instead of just concentrating on practices, which can be very positive, but instead of just concentrating on that, on that one of the things that we will benefit most from is pursuing God's presence is trying to find God's presence rather than find the tap. There's a big difference between the two things because the fact is God's presence is all around us. It's it's about God living alongside us in every single thing that you do, even if you're not next to a tap. It's that intravenous sense of God being with you in all things that you're doing all of the time. And we often talk about how God's interested in every part of our lives. And the reality is is that he's right there alongside us. Whether we realise it or not, he's already there alongside us. And the Bible talks about how how when we choose to connect with God and we decide to follow him, his spirit is placed in us. That very source of God is within us. And that becomes this amazing thing that we can access all the time, whether the tap's there or not. We've got this ability to be able to connect with God all the time. So he is with us and will never leave us. I want to read you uh, a psalm. Um, I think one of my kids has been on the iPad, so all the apps, that (laughs) there's about a million apps open between where I need to be. let me just find it. Yeah, okay, here we are. So Psalm 139. So we're talking about the Spirit of God being within us. This is what Psalm 139 says, uh, verses 7 uh, to 12. Where can I go from your Spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. And I love that psalm because it makes me realise, just the start of it, where can I go from the Spirit? There is nowhere we can go to uh, not be in the presence of God. That even in the darkest situations in our lives, the darkest things that we go through, he is still there, sat with us, present with us in those moments. And I love that. And it challenges me on my kind of old way of thinking, of feeling like I go to a source to connect with God. I get that thing and then I and that's how I sustain myself. Those things can be positive, so please don't hear me. I'm not saying don't bother going to the tap anymore. But the fact is, he's not limited to the tap. He's everywhere you go, and he's interested in everything that you're involved in and you're doing. And for me, the most empowering thing we can do is develop our awareness of God's presence in our lives. Breaking away from a tick list of, have I done enough to keep God happy? or to keep him on my side, to to get him to act on my behalf? Have I done enough to be able to do this kind of stuff? Because the fact is, the the kind of view of God that I grew up with, and some of you will have grown up with, is that a relationship with God is entirely transactional. 
that you pray, you read the Bible, you serve in church, you give your money um, and you, um, you attend church every single week. By doing those things, God's more likely to love you more and do the things that you want him to do for you. And actually, that's not true because God just loves you. Full stop. That's it. He just loves you as you are. Those other things benefit you because you grow and you, um, you are changed by the more time you spend and the more investment that you make with God. So growing up in that kind of way, it feels like the whole sense of have I done enough? Have I been a good enough follower of Jesus today? Um, we, can, we can let go of that kind of stuff, that pressure, because the fact is we don't have to kind of... Um, kind of lure God in we don't have to try and tempt him in to be a part of our lives he's there already in the middle of whatever is going on whether it is a great kind of thriving wonderful happy time or something that's really really challenging or just something that's mundane and ordinary in the middle he's in all of those things he's always there and you know what in those moments where it all feels too much where you look at life and you go, man, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to talk to God. I haven't got any words to be able to say um, what I need him to do, but I know I need him. You know those moments where we feel lost? This is the brilliant thing that when we choose to connect with God and the spirit of God is within us, that's when the spirit of God does its best work because it works on our behalf, kind of making the link between us and God just work brilliantly and it talks about that in Romans 8 26 to 28 I'm going to read it from the message it says this meanwhile the moment we get tired in the waiting God's spirit is right alongside us helping us along if we don't know how or what to pray it doesn't matter he does our praying in and for us making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. And I love that concept because, do you know what, there are so many times where the questions are too uh, big, the doubts are too kind of strong, and you sit there and go, I don't really know what to describe what I'm going through um, as, or I don't, need to know, I don't even know what label to put on myself or how to describe what's going on in my head. The brilliant thing is the spirit, it, it talks about how it intercedes for you, which is a bit of a word that we don't use a lot of the time, but it, it basically stands in between you and God and fills in the gaps and allows us to still... Um, be, be present with him because there is no need for us to be hitting a standard to be acceptable. The spirit just does its work and enables us to, um, the, the stuff that we can't communicate to still make sense uh, to God. So when we think about all of that stuff, being with God, in those moments being present with God, might actually just look like silence. It might look like rest. It might not be going to a tap, turning it on and you presenting your thoughts and ideas, hoping that he hears. It might just be that you haven't got any words to say, but you know that you need God to just be with you and to try and help you make sense of whatever's going on. You can just sit with him and allow him to do that work. So it might be silence, it might be rest, but it's in that space 
that maybe we actually create more opportunity for that to be more of a two-dimensional, a two-directional relationship rather than the habit of I need to pray today um, and, and this is the way I do it. Maybe we're, we're creating more opportunity for God to just bring things to mind or remind us of things. So the simple message today is let's learn how to live in almost like a flow with God rather than feeling like it's got to be um, kind of scheduled rituals, habits that I always have to do. If we can take the pressure off that and develop a flow where we actually just, just operate in our lives with an awareness that God is with us, then we can really, really benefit from that. So it's, it's learning to live in that kind of flow of every day, an ongoing daily connection rather than defaulting to switching on and off according to our capacity. And you know what? For me, I've tried to put this into practice. Um, and it's not always perfect, but, but if I take the expectation off me to feel like I've done it, whether I've done enough or not, to me, it, it looks more like me coming out of a, a meeting or something, sitting in the car and just being able to go, man, that was weird. And God being with me and understanding that rather than me going, oh, I need first I need to say thanks for everything that, um, that, that I have in my life. Then I need to say um, my prayers for these things. And then, uh, like, you, you know, sometimes we get given orders of how we need to pray. Sometimes we, we feel that that's the only way we're going to be able to connect with God if we've done the right things. Um, whereas actually, if you come out of somewhere and go, oh, even just that sigh, he gets it. He understands it. He's with you in it. Or, or just to be able to talk to God as though he's a friend sat in the car. You can just go, I cannot do today. He is there with you, listening and a part of that communication. He gets it. And, and I think he sits with you in that. So it's a really simple message. Um, and it's not to say don't don't kind of have a regular habit of praying, that can be really positive. And do you know what? Sometimes, if you can be really disciplined with this stuff, you can find that by being disciplined and having regular connections with God, that you, all, you operate in a flow because it becomes so natural. I, I did something when I was in my 20s, um, because I, I was um, director of a youth work organisation, and I wanted to really push myself spiritually and do some stuff uh, where I actually pushed myself beyond what I was normal, what was normal for me to do. So I chose to do a 40 day fast where I didn't eat food um, for 40 days. Look at the look of disgust on Heather's face. Man, why would anyone do that? Um, food without food for 40 days. Um, so I did it. 40 days, no food at all. Uh, I just had, um, just had drinks. I mean, I did a McDonald's milkshake every now and then, which basically is like a meal. Um, but, um, but, um, but I thought, when I did it, I thought what would happen is the way that you do it is that every time you have a meal time, instead of eating, you schedule that as a prayer time. I could not do it. I just thought, oh, all I was thinking about was the chinking of knives, knives and forks on plates, and I just couldn't concentrate. But do you know what I did find? I found that getting into this flow of being able to just 
communicate with God and talk to God and be connected to him. I found because of this kind of sacrifice that I was making, I found instantly I was straight there. Whenever I wanted to talk to him, it wasn't this kind of this massive hassle trying to get rid of all the distractions and all the noise in my head. I just found that I was in a flow that meant I was straight there. I felt like I was talking to him straight away and that it was much more of a, um, a two-way beneficial conversation. Um, so, so positive habits can make a big difference to your ability to feel like you are connected with God. But it's something that we have to learn and we have to practice. And I'm not suggesting that we go away and do a 40-day fast in order to get there. But I'm, I'm using that as an example of it is possible to feel like that. Um, so the simple message don't feel like the only way you can connect with God is by having these strict times where you either tick the box or you don't and God will like you or, or be disappointed in you depending on how many ticks you've got that week. Let's get rid of that pressure and say, do you know what? He's just interested in you, in what's going on. So if it's just about you offloading about something, he's there, he's in it, he's interested. And that is about... Uh, that is the way we most effectively involve God and connect with God in our lives. Let's just pray. Father God, uh, I pray that you would uh, be with us as, of each of us as each of us thinks about this and how it could work in our lives. God, I pray if anything um, is heard today, I pray it's just that simple message of, of you being interested and you being there. And there's nothing too trivial or too... Um, or too small for you to be um, disinterested in, that you just want to be involved in our lives. And God, help us to be people who can proactively put this stuff into practice and find that we uh, can exist in, in an ongoing conversation with you that begins to shape and, and guide us in the way that we do our days. So God, we just ask you to speak to us and, and help us um, to be the kind of people that you want us to be. And I pray that we would uh, be able to quieten the noise and the overwhelming things in our lives at times to be able to, to include you and involve you um, in everything that we're involved in. So be with us, God. Amen.